Hi, I'm Martin McDonald. And I'm Sophia Fabili. The Thousand Islands Playhouse may have closed its doors this season, but our podcast lives on. While the artists are waiting in the wings and aren't on our stages, we're connecting with them at home to hear how they're exercising their creativity during the pandemic. Welcome to the Thousand Islands Playhouse podcast, at home edition. Welcome back to the Thousand Islands Playhouse podcast. We have another awesome guest to introduce you to today. Let me read the bio. Lucy McPhee is a stage manager, producer, and theater maker. Past credits for the Playhouse include assistant stage managing Anne of Green Gables and stage managing Asking For It last season. We loved her so much. She, we brought her back this season for to sorry assistant stage manage Perfect Wedding. Unfortunately... The pandemic has gotten in the way. Previously, Lucy has worked for a musical stage company, Buddies in Bad Times, The Next Stage Festival, Can Stage, Hard House, among others. And just to keep you on your toes, Lucy completed a double major in biochemistry and neuroscience from U of T. She has impeccable timing, a golden track record, and tricks up her sleeve. Please welcome Lucy McPhee. Hello. Hi. Thanks for having me. Well, thanks for being here. Welcome to the podcast. Marta and I are on Zoom. We are calling. We are making all the technology work for us. Thank you for joining us today. It's so nice to see you virtually. Yeah, it's so nice <laughs> to see your. Well, I can see your faces. They can't see your faces, but that's nice. <laughs> I very. Much. We'll post little pictures, and they'll be able to see our faces. Yeah. Um, right. So uh, we ask our guests to choose a drink of choice, alcoholic or non-alcoholic, that we share while we're chatting, so we can feel like we're together, even though we're apart. Lucy, can you tell us what we're drinking today? Just a coffee. A coffee? Yes. Coffee, man. Coffee. How do you take your coffee? Um, this one has sugar and a little bit of oat milk in it. Sometimes mm. I'm dabbling in taking it black this summer. That's like a new oh. territory for me, but okay. not today. Yeah. Have you found like a blend that you like that you're like, I can handle this black? Yeah. My partner is really into like different ways to make coffee right now. So we've actually been ordering like from different places in Toronto. So we've never had yeah. the same one twice. Amazing. A place called Birds and Beans right now that has a whole like bird friendly category of coffees. Um, it's great. I love that. Yeah. Well, cheers, yeah. ladies. Cheers. Our coffees. Yeah. Here we are. Cheers. Coffees and chats and podcasts. Sophia, Sophia what's in yours? Mm. I'm actually drinking a nice coffee, a nice Americano that I made with my espresso maker um, because uh-huh. it's really hot outside. So I have ice cubes yeah. in my little thermos. That's similar to me as well. I have um, I have a little espresso with milk. Nice. So, Lucy, let's dive in. I want to, before we get into uh, the heart of the subject of the matter of of the podcast, let's talk about, um, give the people at home a little bit of a um, a preface about what your job usually entails. We know stage managers are running the show behind the scenes, that they're integral to the process, but give the people at home listening, tell us, what do stage managers do? Yeah, kind of like all the backstage making sure things are consistent so we handle like day-to-day scheduling who's calling to rehearsals and what we're going to cover and we're on top of keeping track of um, blocking so where everybody is at a given time on the stage what props they're holding what costume they're wearing and then once we get into tech where all the lighting and sound cues go in the script so we're kind of the what and when of all of the different pieces of the show. And ideally you wouldn't see us, but anytime somebody's changing their costume or holding a different prop or the lights are changing, we are in charge of making sure that that's consistent, I guess. Kind of like the air traffic controller slash maestro of the production. Is that a fair comparison? 
Yeah, I've I've heard music director friends say that it's like a different type of like conducting the show. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Totally. And I always conducting like, all the elements that are music. Hundred percent. Yeah. All the tech. And when what I always think is fascinating with stage managers is when you look at their binder, they have these beautifully organized binders <laughs> with special color coded tabs and everything is perfect. Stage managers are meticulous and organized and like the salt of the earth. And what I always like looking at when you look inside the script, every cue, every prop, all the things that Lucy just said are all recorded where every actor is in each moment in the scene they have ways of recording this it is like you look at this and you've never seen something more organized and intricate it's like a whole holy grail situation it's like if yeah. somebody asks if somebody asks you like oh what lighting key should we be in here or what costume am i wearing or where am i standing you want to be able to answer them without having to make them wait too long for that answer so it should be just like right there on the page easy to see so yeah it's all like yeah. color coded and that's i find that fun yeah, you could flip to any page of the script and be like, the stage manager can tell you and make it happen exactly what it is supposed to look like in that exact moment. Like, what? Yeah, that's the goal. Amazing. Yeah. And I think I heard this saying, this is kind of a morbid thing to say, but I've heard it said that, you know, your your book is supposed to be so perfect that if you got hit by a bus, they could give your binder to someone else and then they could run the show. Is that right? Yeah, that is another, the thing that we say, yes. Yeah. Probably horrible. not just another person. <laughs> yeah, probably another state. We have like a little a little short form code that we all kind of speak a yeah. little bit of the same Totally. Language. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And Lucy, again, worked on two shows last season. She was here almost the whole summer working with us and she's amazing. Yeah. And she was supposed to be on this amazing farce directed by Krista Jackson. I cannot wait for the day we get to do that show and have you back. I know, me too. It's such a dreamy way to spend the summer. It's like working and being at the cottage at the same time. And everybody's so <laughs> exactly. nice. I was excited to come back. Exactly. So, Marta and I, we're talking about this podcast. And, you know, we usually the podcast is about talking about the shows that are on the stage. And we can't do that. So we were wanting to chat with these amazing artists who should have been in Gananoque with us, us this summer. And our question to them was, you have all this creativity. You have all this energy. And we have all this time. How are you using it? And I, I love your answer, and I'm so excited for you to talk about it. Yeah, I've been doing a lot of sewing in my mm-hmm. free time. Um, it's funny because usually I'm working so much that this is, like, really a side hobby. Like, I'll maybe get to pick it up every, you know, couple of months, and I'll spend a day doing something. But I've just been doing it so much right now because I don't have yeah. anywhere else to be. I have a like a backlog of projects that I've been sort of working my way through. So what kind of projects? Like what are you what do you sew? I mostly sew just like things for me to wear. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh so I've made I've made some masks like for my family and some friends and stuff, but really mostly it's like I'm wearing a whole outfit that I sewed for myself right now. Um Can you give amazing. us a little description? I know like the people at home won't be able to see. I can see you, but can you give us a little <laughs> audio description of what you're wearing cuz yeah. I can see it looks awesome. I'm wearing like a black um full length circle skirt and a little like wrap floral wrap top. It has flowers and bugs on it, which I think is funny. <laughs> That's so great. Oh you my gosh. So do very you use, um, do you just use like like fabric that you either had or purchased or do you ever like manipulate things that you already own yeah it kind of depends there are some um like canadian fabric stores that i you know follow on instagram and stuff and sometimes they'll post something i'll be like oh i want that which is it's 
just like any on other online shopping. Um, yeah. Just me impulsively buying things. Um, but I do have some things that are made from like old sheets or curtains or like fabric that has been sitting in, you know, my mom's basement since we were kids um, or old things that I don't wear anymore. Yeah. I do totally. have some things made out of curtains, which makes me feel very like fun trap. Family. <laughs> 100%. <laughs> That's amazing. Um, so, okay, I'm curious because, you know, knowing, okay, you come from the science background, you transition into working in theater and you are working in this very technical, very rigorous, very detail oriented, um, department of the theater. And I think it's so cool that you have this other skill. I I mean, artists always have like so many, you know, their creativity is expressed in many ways. So I guess my question to you is, um, are you attracted to sewing? Does sewing feel good to you because you have that like meticulous detailed mind or does it feel more free? Like, do you use patterns? Do you improvise? Like, tell us like what your process is. Yeah, I feel like definitely part of why I like it is because there is a little bit of a structure to it. I feel like a lot of the things that I like to make, like I I like to bake as well. Like you can improvise within it, but there's a little bit of a structure to it. So even if I'm deciding, like I pick what piece I'm making and what fabric it's made out of, what color it is um there's still like a set of instructions which I like I've never really been like a freeform artist I don't really consider myself like a creator you know I do work in this very technical side of it um so I am usually working off of a pattern but it's nice to be able to pick like within my style what color it is and what shape it is what it looks like totally yeah I feel like kind of similar if you were to like match the two together it's like the the creation of the garment is the rehearsal process where you're like putting everything together and making sure everything yeah. and then you wear it and that's each performance is you're wearing <laughs> wearing the garment that you have on I just thought of that as a genius that's true a I genius. like it it's very true yeah and putting it together is a really like like it, as much as there's like different techniques and different styles like there is a way to do it so yeah yeah. yeah, and this, it's like a project that, that you've then done and then you can reap the benefits of by like wearing mm-hmm. it or giving it to someone or whatever it might be. That's awesome. Yeah. Lucy, totally. did you teach yourself to sew or did someone teach you? Um, I think my mom taught me when we were pretty little. Like I remember making um, like little outfits for my stuffed animals and stuff, like little pajama pants. And then I also actually, Jessica Severin, who was the stage manager of Anne of Green Gables, is a really amazing sewer. And when we were working together on Fun Home about two years ago, we talked about sewing a lot backstage. And that's kind of when I really Mm. got into it again as an adult. I was expressed some interest in it and found out that she was like really much more of an expert than I am. Um, So she's both my stage management and my sewing mentor. I love that. Shout out to Jessica Severin. We love you. Yeah, Yeah, we love Jessica. So is it machine sewing that you're doing primarily? Yeah, mostly. I've done a little bit of hand sewing, but it's it's very slow. Yeah, I'd love yeah. to get into embroidery, but I'm not quite I'm not quite there yet. I know I tried that for like a minute, and then yeah. I was like, this is hard. I think I'm good. <laughs> I actually the um, the sewing machine that I sew on is my grandmother's. Oh my gosh! That um, she got in the 60s when my dad was born, and so it's like avocado colored and set into a table like vintage sewing machine she passed it down to me on my last birthday and I was very oh my gosh that's amazing will you take a photo of yourself with the amazing avocado colored sewing machine and send it to us (laughs) I created a photo yeah that sounds amazing so would you say that what you're wearing right now is your favorite thing that you've made or do you have like a favorite Mm. thing 
My, I think probably my favorite thing that I've made, I made at the beginning of the quarantine this year. And it's like, it's just like a robe, like a house coat, but it's, I love it. I, I wanted something to wear. I don't know if you guys have seen Sex Education, but the mom yeah. in that show is always walking around at her house in these like beautiful robes. Um, so yeah. I made myself like a floral, it's like glamorous, but for just sitting in my house. That's, That's amazing. amazing. And I spent, like, a lot of time on it. Like, I was very careful. It's probably the most intricate thing that I've made. That's incredible. Do you have – okay, here's the – here's my, like, burning question for you. Um, And you can totally, like, no, Sophia. Do you have any interest in dabbing your creative fingers in costume design? Maybe. It's funny. Like, I like to sew for myself. I really don't feel like I'm, like, a particularly stylish person. Like, I don't know – if I would be good at that, but maybe I've thought about it. Um, yeah, or like even work as a seamstress versus designing. Like do the actual like creation or like um the the work on putting the garments together versus deciding what they are. Yeah, that might be more fun. Yeah. I do kind of like that it's just like a thing that I do only for me. Mm. Sometimes, yeah. like I feel like often we have this impulse to be like, oh, how can I like make this hobby a side hustle yeah and I kind of like that I don't ever have to do it like if I don't feel like doing it I just yeah. don't do it yeah and yeah, yeah. I feel yeah. like also for people who work in theater who who oftentimes develop that that love and that habit out of hobby oftentimes and then it turns into their job having a, a separate outlet that's something that they don't have to worry about yeah. having to be the thing that provides for them as well totally yeah I feel like this is like that for me second, right now. yeah a second little hobby that they don't have to worry about it being their life. Yeah, exactly. I think it's maybe someday. Someday. I think it's just so cool that, I mean, so many artists have just so many different abilities and and that, you know, talking to Jessica really like sparked that back up for you to dive back into sewing more and how, you know, all these creative minds, you know, we were just talking to Deanna Choi and talking about all the different, what sound design is and all the different ways she expresses that in her job. Um, I just am like always blown away by like artist capabilities. I feel like everyone in the arts could probably hack it at almost anything if they really (laughs) needed to, you know? Yes, if we were like, totally. oh, my God, Lucy, the hem went down. Can you fix it? You're like, got it. Like, <laughs> it yeah. is really helpful to be able to, like, sometimes backstage, like, something breaks, you know. Totally. I've, like, sewn people into skirts as they ran back on stage because something broke. And instruments. I feel like instruments is always a big thing, too, being able to know how an instrument works, to be able yeah. to help with that. And, like, there's so many things that multi multidisciplinary people Totally. Lucy, do you have any, like, um, heroic stories of your triumphs backstage? Anything? Anne of Green Gables was notorious because we had so little backstage because the set was so big and the cast was so big. We didn't have a lot of space backstage. So do you have any little stories or anecdotes from last season? Um, I feel like just the thing that was my constant project was if you saw the show, there was, like, a horse and buggy that came across stage. And it came from one side and onto the side that I was on, which uh, was pretty small. And so the sort of Django work all through Tech Week and even through the first like week of the production of like, how do we get this off stage quickly enough and then put it in a place where people can walk by it was like a whole project. That was like my whole project of Tech Week of that show. Um, and I feel like by the end, we had this really smooth, kind of 
yep, this moves and then you walk and then I take this prop to here and then this goes on top of that. It's just as yeah. choreographed off stage as it in as it is on stage. I think that's the coolest thing that people don't know is that yeah. at backstage it's like a finely working machine of people and props yeah. and space time. Yeah. Yeah. If you're standing in a different spot than you normally do backstage waiting to go on, then you might get hit with something. You can't do that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And there was like some some of the um actors who had to go on stage like you know a couple minutes after it came by like they had to be on the other side of the stage by the time the buggy came off or they wouldn't be able to get to their entrance because it would be in the way stuff like that but it all just looks nice and smooth on the outside i know this is why farces like noises off are in existence like noises off is in three acts the first act we see the proscenium the front of the stage the second act the whole set turns around and we see the backstage chaos and then the third act we go back to the front stage and it's it's such a brilliant farce because it really does show off how you know oh my god where's my prop where's this thing (laughs) then having to walk on stage and pretend that everything's okay but Lucy's yeah. backstage is incredibly no, organized. not like that. I mean, that's the goal. But things are always, I think the goal <laughs> is that, like you have this plan and then when things, you know, break or like the sole of your shoe falls off or for whatever thing happens, then we can have the time to be frantic about that because the rest of the, the picture is already going. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. 100%. Well, I think uh, I'd love to segue into our last, segment which is this or that pandemic edition where we'll ask you a series of questions that'll break down how you spent your quarantine and what kind of habits you developed during the pandemic so we can learn a little bit more about you uh sound good yeah perfect okay early riser or night owl night owl currently yeah Yeah. staying up real late yeah it's not my usual preference sweats or dressed sweats sweats even though you're making all those clothes you're not wearing them. <laughs> uh, everything <laughs> i'm making is like elastic waist like there are there are no structured clothing items <laughs> um bake all day or take away uh bake all day yeah what kind of stuff do you like to make i have gotten really into bagels during yeah? the pandemic which oh i never tackled before um i also personally like to eat dessert every day so there's always something Anything, any kind of dessert we can make. Um, DIY or online buy? Mm, Online buy. Online buy, which is hilarious because you're making your own clothes. Yeah, if it's not sewing, I'm probably going to buy it. You're buying it. Yeah. Um, Homemade mask or buy one? Homemade. Nice. Yeah. Zoom party or Zoom fatigue? Mm, Zoom party. Nice, just like yeah. this one that we are currently a part of, right? Exactly, yeah. but I don't have to work on Zoom very much, so I Fair. think it's yeah. a little bit different. Fair. Um, Tiger King or The Last Dance? I haven't seen either. She's too busy well, sewing, some- folks. She's not on Netflix. <laughs> Move on. Next question. Working out or on the couch? Um, Working out a nice. little. That's great, especially in this good. heat. Um, mm-hmm. Read the book or watch the movie? Read the book. Nice. Um, what, and what's been a quarantine, a favorite quarantine jam, music-wise? Oh, um, I mean, Fiona Apple's uh, recent album came out, so I'm, I'd say that. Nice. That's the bolt cutters. Mm-hmm. And, and uh, what is your ultimate quarantine location? If you could choose where you got to spend your quarantine, where would you pick? Anyway. Mm anywhere 
other than get in Aqua, Ontario? <laughs> Why? Well, obviously, that would be the answer. Um, that's a hard question. I feel like maybe at like a cottage on a lake yeah. with Wi-Fi. Nice. Yes, a cottage on a lake with Wi-Fi. Glamping. Glamping. Yeah. Pretty much. I love it. <laughs> I hope that happens for you, Lucy. This has been Thank so you. lovely to get to see you. I would much rather be seeing you standing backstage at the Springer <laughs> Theater, but I will take Likewise. this um, any day. So thank you so much for your time. It's been so great to chat with you, and I'm so impressed. And I and we're going to hopefully we can get a picture of you in your dress and your sewing machine. We'll share it so everyone can see how talented okay. you are. <laughs> um, I also want to give a special thanks to Mark Hunt, who is TIP's head carpenter who composed the music for this podcast. We also uh, want to say that the podcast is produced by MyFM Gananoque. Many thanks to Terry Lynn for all her help. We are recording today on the traditional land of the Heron-Wendat and Haudenosaunee. Please follow us at the thousandislandsplayhouse.com and on social media. Thank you, Lucy. We'll see you soon. Bye, Lucy. Thanks for having me.